You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. We can all talk about how we don't really like our quarterbacks joining the Colts one. It's just the pit of misery. Welcome in, guys. It's this Tuesday night. Hopefully not the pit of misery for you guys. It is, gosh, what is it? February 8th at 5.05 my time. Probably 6.05 where most of you guys are at. And that means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos on Tuesday night. I'm Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dumbler. Carl, it looks like your your bookshelf shifted like 20, 30 degrees in the background. Is that is that the case? It's Before, I thought it was straight it behind shifted? you. Uh, well, yeah, I did. I angled it a little bit, trying to make my, my office look a little more fancy, you know, I'm trying to be professional. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I I reorganized my office here recently. Yeah. Well, it's uh, this is a shared office space in my place. Uh, housing in Seattle is expensive. So it's my wife's desk, wife's desk behind me and she's working on writing a grant. So, uh, you know, she's, she gets, I don't care what it looks like. God bless her for doing that. God, way too much work. She's working like 12 mm-hmm. hours a day, uh, every day. So it's, uh, not been the most fun time, but she's getting it done. So yeah. Um, excited to talk with you guys today. Going to talk a little bit of Kyler Murray, some information about the, uh, the Broncos coaching staff continues to come down and any thoughts. I mean, Carl and I haven't talked since the, gosh, the, the start of the senior bowl. So anything you guys want to talk about with the draft and whatnot, we'll get into it um, right away. Uh, DR coming in Kyler Murray house. So um, Shane coming in saying, no, thanks. Um, then Malachi saying, I really hope so. He is dynamic and will be awesome in the system that is being put in place for the offense. Um, man, already a lot of uh, discrepant opinions there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Jay Kozad in the house. One of the user, one of these years, we will finally find, finally have a quarterback then we won't have to do the fantasy offseason quarterback to Denver shuffle. Well, Jay, um, the beatings will continue until the morale improves, right? That's a, what is that from a Monty Python or something? I don't even remember the, the quote in there, but the, uh, it's going to, it's going to be every single offseason until we find the quarterback and unfortunately get yep. used to it. Uh, Broncos country was spoiled beyond belief from what was it? 83, a little bit of down years. there, not terrible uh, between Elway and then Manning. And then you get the four years of Manning. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like the office. I wish there was a way to knew that we were in the good old times while we were still in the good old times. Cause God, man, if these last six years of the quarterback position have been bad and rough and not super enjoyable. That's for sure. It, it's uh it's been a nightmare scenario for the Broncos and, and we're spoiled. like I said, we're, we're going to keep talking. <laughs> we're spoiled like six years. Yeah. Oh, I know Scott's <laughs> crying. For <this laughs> in the background. Uh, but, uh, I, I know. I, I, I always think of that Cleveland picture where they have the Jersey and they have all the quarterbacks names and the list is longer than the Jersey itself. And, you know, it's maybe looking now like Mayfield might be added to that list. Like he's given them more than what they've had, but even there, they're starting to go, okay, maybe we got to find somebody better. Yeah. I, uh, It'll be interesting. Um, thanks, Jay, so much. We got Joe in the house. Need to get whoever is pushing the retread vet option in the front office out. Maybe then we can get off the quarterback merry-go-round. Um, well, the Broncos have also tried drafting two quarterbacks since the uh, this quarterback merry-go-round has started with uh, Paxton Lynch at, what was it, 27 overall in that draft? Maybe 26? And then... I think it's 26. Drew Locke at 42? And... Uh, here we are in the merry-go-round. So, you know, <laughs> veteran option, draft option. I don't give a 
who who's who uh if it's either way as long as they get it solved but uh the broncos have gone pretty much every which way and uh here we are right back in the same situation we've been in the last six years desperate for the quarterback position um rodney garcia coming in with the stars thank you so much rodney big stars i'm sure rodney came in and like just a lot of stars on all these shows so god bless you rodney uh good evening you guys hope you all had a blessed day busy day for me at work carl carl's had a busy day as well so uh it's blessed now we're here with you guys it's it's a blessed day now um, so let's keep again going here. We got Dylan Von Arx is in the house. Dylan, sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in and subscribe. If you haven't already, Jeff noise is in the house. Hello, Broncos country. Great to see you. CC saying, just don't think Kyle is a realistic option, but is content. So I understand is malcontent. Maybe he, what do you mean by this? But it is content. So I understand. Oh, it's content. Oh, content. Talking, yeah, there you go. I was taking it like, you know, like <laughs> he's content. I don't think he is. If he's deleting his stuff, but who knows? <laughs> Um, Gary yeah. saying no Kyler Murray, Jeff saying if Murray's a top 10 quarterback, why is Arizona willing to part with him? So a lot of interesting opinions here about Kyler Murray early on, early on, uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in. It's not just arm though. Look at what Tebow did in one year without an arm. We need a star at the position as long as they get it done. Um, as long as they get it done does not, I would say qualify as a star as well, right? Like getting it done. sounds like. Unfortunately, you know, uh, gosh, who's really just milk toast mediocre? Who's not the Broncos because that's way too low hanging fruit um, of a of a quarterback. You know, Alex, that's that's discrediting Alex Smith. I'm trying to think <laughs> of a quarter. Oh, Taylor Heine- Taylor Heineke. He got it done for that Washington football team a few times this season. That's uh, that's not a star. So uh, aim higher, right? It's a quarterback position. Aim high. Um, Rodney Garcia coming back in. God bless you. That's awesome. And I want to get to this one here from uh, right away. Black Knight coming in over on Twitch. Good to see you, Black Knight. Hope you're doing well. Black Knight 323. What are your guys' thoughts on DeMarvin Leal from uh, Texas A&M? Good fit or no? We are still waiting to see what scheme the Broncos are going to be running. By right now, it does seem that it is going to be a lot of the same tenants that uh, Big Fangio ran underneath Elijah Evero. They brought in a defense linebacker coach who worked with Fangio in Stanford today, uh, UNLV defensive coordinator this last year. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Sorry, Thad Benson's making me laugh. Um, DeMarvin Leal, he's a versatile player. He, he's played uh, edge rusher, the kind of a three, three, five stack for them, or the, I don't know if you call it edge, but the defensive end position, he can play three technique issue with DeMarvin Leal is, the consistency on tape. Um, there's some whispers about the work ethic and you can see that on tape. His technique is not very good despite being a very good athlete. And he also got arrested for possessing marijuana a month ago. I don't care that he has marijuana, but entering, you know, a three month test phase job interview. That is the draft process to get arrested. Just makes you question a little bit. The decision-making process gives me a little bit of a Robert Kimbichi vibes. Remember him jumping out three stories out of a building right before the draft. And just, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Yeah, no, Still goes in the first round, but <laughs> right. And, and that's just the thing is you, you got to understand the situation that you're in. Yeah, we can argue up and down the legalization of different things and how much that should matter. But but again, you it's just understanding your situation. Yeah. Shane Ray had that same situation where he got arrested there right before the draft and dropped in the draft. And it just it shows maturity issues. You're not understanding this is worth millions of dollars that people are willing to invest in you and any little thing they're going to be looking for to, to make a decision. And, uh, and he, he's a good player. He really is athletically. You love it. 
and exactly what you want on the interior. When the guy is on, it, it's hard to stop him. But like I said, it's just up and down. Like I said, then you got this other red flag, and, and the more red flags you add up, are you willing to invest a top 10 pick? Because that, that's a guy you want to be facing your franchise kind of thing. I mean, Patrick Sertan, Broncos aren't looking at him as just a one-contract guy. They're saying, we want this guy around for pretty much most of his career, just like Von Miller was for, you know, that, that's what you're looking for in a top 10 pick. And uh, are you really willing to risk that with a guy that has got some big red flags showing up? Yep, absolutely. So some concerns there, but man, he is a lot of fun, um, really talented player. Uh, I think he was one of the top uh, recruits in college football uh, when he went to Texas A&M, but just not consistent, not consistent on tape. And then you have to, there's some talk about coachability and whatnot as well. So we'll see if it'll all come out um, and we'll see if he falls in the draft. There's probably a reason for that. Rodney Garcia coming back in. Is it guaranteed that the Broncos are getting Evero? Sorry to ask. And what's on your guys thoughts on his scheme. Um, it does sound like it would be a major upset if it wasn't Evero, but until he signed the contract, I am willing to wait and see just because you know, everybody was saying Dan Quinn uh, not too long ago as well. It's going to be Dan Quinn. You know, it'll be a shock if it isn't. Well, guess what? We're shocked. It's a, it's not Dan Quinn. So it sounds like it's going to be Evero. I know that the Panthers defensive back coach slash passing game coordinator sounds like he's going to be brought on to the Raiders. Um, so he is one who interviewed for the Broncos defensive coordinator spot, and it's not going to be an option now. And everything is just lining up for Elijah Evero. Also, um, the defensive, uh, the linebacker coach they just brought in, also has ties with Evero as well. So it just there's just way too much lining up right now for it to be Elijah Evero. Uh, his scheme, I'm guessing it's going to be mostly similar similar to Vic Fangio, but he's worked underneath some varying schemes. Wade Phillips, totally different from Vic Fangio, totally different from Raheem Morris. So you hope he can combine the best practices and principles of all those schemes, but got to see what it looks like first before we really have an idea of what he wants to do. Let me ask you this question. And Patrick, I want to say thank you for the stars there. Before I get yeah. to my question here, really appreciate that. This is a pretty young staff, pretty raw. A lot of guys that have never held these kind of positions getting put into these kind of positions. How, how much does that worry you? I mean, I like, I like a lot of the names and I like a lot of the potential of what they could be. Like Evero, like you said, he's worked with a lot of great guys, a lot of big time names, defensive coordinators and, and stuff like that. So there, there's a ton of potential there. But actually calling plays, that's a whole new ball game there for him. Yeah, nope, absolutely. And let's be real, the NFC West has been good, uh, but I don't think it's been the offensive firepower that we've seen in the AFC West outside of Denver um, these last few seasons. Um, the Raiders' pass games uh, has been very good. Uh, unfortunately, Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback, as much as it hurts to say. Uh, Justin Herbert's probably pushing in that top six. And Patrick Mahomes, if he's not one, he's two. So, you know, let's we'll see what it looks like. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. And, you know, with Vic Fangio, you never want to be you never want to be the team that is dragging behind the innovation, right? Like, oh, everybody, I think everybody next year, you're going to see a lot of too high six men in the box kind of stuff. What's next though? You don't want to be behind. And like by that time, when you're implementing that teams have had a whole off season to figure out the best way to attack what teams have done this season with the advent of so much match quarters and too high defense. So uh, we'll be interesting, interesting to see how it changes. Obviously personnel dictates the scheme, but uh, yep. I'm all eyes. I know a lot of people are really excited about Nathaniel Hackett and the offensive scheme. They're right. They should be personally just from my own personal preference. 
I am much more interested and enjoy the defensive uh, scheming process because it's more problem solving and trying to take away uh, opponent uh, opposition. But uh, that's just me. I've always preferred the defensive side of schematics. Yeah, that's a great point there. And let's get to Travis Weber coming in with stars. Travis, love to see you here. Good evening, Nick, Carl, Broncos country. Nick, I hope you had a great birthday. I saw some pictures of your your nice little hike there. Looked pretty nice. Uh, my thoughts about Denver and quarterbacks is that Denver will always be connected to any quarterback until we find the one. Since we have struck out, it we have struck out in the draft and always went acquiring through trade or free agency. Least since of my days since being a fan. I mean, even Elway was a trade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, he wasn't exactly the Broncos pick, but. Uh, and you're right. That's kind of been the the way of the Broncos. And hey, if it works, you know, bringing in Manning, that was never a mistake. Brought him a Super Bowl, took him to another Super Bowl. And if they can trade for Rodgers, you feel pretty good about that kind of situation. I know a lot of people are still on that whole. Well, if he's here for four years, we're right back where we were. Well, these next four years, you're going to be still in that same spot because you don't have the quarterback. So at least you'd have four years of greatness. To, to possibly lean into. Yeah. And I know we're, we're talking that the main topic today is Kyler Murray. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, why are we talking about this? That isn't a possibility. Uh, just to give a little background. The reason that this is brought up is because Kyler Murray deleted on his Instagram and a lot of his social medias, any kind of connection to the Cardinals. Uh, now why he did that. There's a, a million different reasons. It, it could be a contract thing. It could be just, he hired a new social media people to run his accounts and they decided to do a cleanse of it. I don't know. There, there's a lot of different reasons. The The odds of him coming to the Broncos is pretty slim, yeah. but it's just that reminder of until you have the quarterback, you're looking at every option possible. You know, you're looking at the draft and if you don't see something in the draft, well, then you got to look for agency, look, obviously trade, whatever you can do. You got to figure out that position because I, I think we saw I, there was a chart that showed the, the level of offensive and defensive talent of every team that's played in the Super Bowl in like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos were on the very far left, top left, which is very good defense, terrible offense. And they were the unicorn. Like there was no other teams in that corner. And it just and showed what happened. An outlier. Yes. So what happened in 2015, it's an outlier. It's a unicorn. It's hard to replicate. Almost impossible to replicate. It's only happened a few times in NFL history. And, and so the rest of them, again, the offensive output was, was huge for them. And, uh, and so for the Broncos, until you get a quarterback, again, you can't have great offensive output. You can't be consistent offensively without that position figured out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, did you see that, uh, that graphic? I'm looking for it right now. Did you see that uh, Wade Phillips commented on it on Twitter? Uh-uh. He said, uh, so much for defense wins championships. <laughs> oh, Wade. Uh, God, I mean, if he knows, well, it's too yeah. real. Yep. Yeah. You need, you need both. You need to be good in one area and elite in the other. Um, and I'm still looking for this graphic. I found a iteration of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me pull it up here real quick to, 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 just to see you guys, just to show you guys what an absolute outlier and, Honestly, stupidity uh, it was for the Broncos to uh, try to replicate this model. But uh, there we go. Um, here's the offense and defensive rank of uh, each team per EPA on the X-axis, which is the bottom for you non-nerds at home. 
um, offensive EPAs on the bottom X and Y is defense. And there's the Broncos in the top, top left, the single worst offensive EPA rank, um, by far, not even close, um, of all the losers, every single one of the teams that at least had a top looks like 14 offense and EPA per rank. Um, and then there's the Broncos defense number one. So that, again, that's just, I just want people to appreciate how amazing that defense was, right? Like if we had a competent offense that season, that wasn't turning the ball over, like absolute insanity, we would, I don't think there'd be, I don't know how much of a date debate there would be for that Broncos defense potentially being one of the best of all time. Like not only were they amazing, the offense continually shot the defense below the, or in the groin. They were, they were t- terrible that year. Terrible. Yeah. Well, and if the offense was even average, we'd be talking about maybe one of the best teams in NFL history just to put up even average points per game. Yep. Like I said, it would help the defense even more on top of the offense just doing some things. And, I mean, they would have been pretty unbeatable that year. Yeah. So it, it just – it was. It was pretty amazing. But the odds of replicating that are pretty impossible. I mean, it does happen. But if that's what you are banking on mm-hmm. – I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out in your favor. And uh, we got Travis coming in here saying, I'm excited to see what this new coaching staff is going to do for our Broncos. I just hope we can find our answer at quarterback. And that, that's just it. The The Broncos are going to continue to do this coaching cycle every couple of few years, unless you get the quarterback with it. You know, the, the best quarterback or the best coaches have the best quarterbacks. There, there's no coincidence there. It just, that's how it works. They have consistency. They can, overturn the roster over you know a five-year period but because you have the quarterback you can stay consistent even though the roster is going crazy yep yeah and it's also about uh not just the single season right like a single year you can have what the titans kind of had this year getting the number one seed despite having ryan Tannehill's up and down play but you'd expect the titans to regress massively to the mean next season those teams with the elite quarterback they stay at the top every single year because they have that there's nothing more sustainable than having an elite quarterback and that's the reason we've been screaming at you on these streams in the podcast for the last six years you know the trevor simeon probably not good enough uh case keenum uh, that's not fine unless you're also drafting a quarterback in 2018 uh drew lock you know we gave him two years. Uh, and then last year we're sitting here, the pick, you know, trade up, go get a guy. This is a pretty great class. Go take another swing. Um, even if drew lock hits, then you have two guys and trade the surplus. You know, that's a great, uh, great budgetary, uh, decision. You know, you can actually get more picks back in that situation. If locks a hit and just play the best guy. That's, that's, that's the, that's what you want to do. So I don't know. It's frustrating, obviously to have this conversation again, year after year, especially with how this, uh, 2022 draft class is looking right now. Um, I think it was Albert Breer saying that uh, not a single one of these quarterbacks in this class even look like a top 15 starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Doesn't mean they're not going to go in the first round because desperation uh, means, you know, somebody's going to take a swing. Uh, people that want and are desperate for the quarterback are going to put on those rose colored glasses and overlook all the red flags. Um, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. Travis coming back in. Oh, is this the same one here? I hope we find our answer to the quarterback. God bless you, Travis. Uh, Your lips to the football God's ears. Let's get that quarterback. Uh, Gary leads Palmer. Glad I caught you guys live. Gary, I'm glad you caught us live too. Glad, uh, glad we can hang out here tonight. Have any more questions for us? Make sure you get asked, get at us. Uh, Gary also says Denver Broncos for life. SOB. Is he, uh, is he calling me? Are you, you're trying to fight me, Gary? What's going on here with this? What are you calling me? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, getting back in here to the main topic here, uh, right after we get to Cody W, of course, don't care who the quarterback is, just be a top 10 veteran one. Well, then you kind of do care. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't care who the Broncos have at quarterback next year, as long as it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, like uh, other than that, I don't care. Um, no, thanks, Cody. So right, much yeah. for support. Um, this is a great point too. Uh, specifically the veteran one. I know a lot of people want the young quarterback from this class, but this Broncos team right now, their core mostly is ready to go right now outside the cornerback position. And I don't think you are going to see one that um, is ready 2022, maybe even 2023 to be elite and take advantage of what this core is right now. The cost controlled players, uh, where they at in their primes contracts etc etc the window is the next two to three years and i don't know if any of these quarterbacks are taking you over that hump in the next two to three years i mean yeah, you never know I'm with you, you there. anything could happen anything could happen right we could get hit by an asteroid but it's like i don't think it's probable and hello <laughs> phil good to see you yeah thank you phil and uh you're right it, it just when you see this kind of roster you see i mean a lot of defensive pieces that are looking really good uh, and you're seeing on offense some young players that are really starting to emerge and become something. And especially you got all these weapons that you have invested first and second round picks in. And not to have a quarterback there to actually take advantage of that kind of talent. You know, you're you're not doing them any favors. And and then also, you know, when I, I know we just signed Sutton and Tim Patrick to deals, but Jerry Judy, he seems like that type of guy that uh, if if he doesn't get a quarterback, he's gonna say, I want to be gone doesn't matter, you know, if you guys are going to pay me a lot of money. I want something that's going to take advantage of who I am. And uh, and so, yeah, the Broncos got to get this figured out. And, you know, they and the other thing is they are set up this year to actually take advantage of this. Mm. You know, they, they have top 10 pick. They've got extra picks in the second and third round. They've got plenty of cap space. Like the Broncos are really set up to go make this kind of move and be aggressive and, and just see something amazing happen. And especially in this division, like average quarterback play is not good enough. Even on a rookie contract, if you surround them by lots of talent, you're still going to need that. That's Mac Jones right now. And it maybe gets you to the playoffs, but it doesn't actually get you to the, to the bumping top your head. Yeah. Bumping your head, baby. Yep. <laughs> we saw but, that uh, all right. We, yeah. And so we got Miguel coming in saying, sup fellas. I just hopped in, but I like the idea of Byron L Allen bidding on the team. Seems like a pretty motivated individual. Yeah. If you didn't see the, the news come out, um, Byron Allen, he is a media mogul, I guess you could say, um, has done a lot of different things. Seems like a really neat guy said that he wants to, to bid on the Broncos or he's going to put in a bid. I know he can't bid by himself. He's going to have to get a team behind him to be able to do that. But, uh, but yeah, seems like a guy that's very motivated. He's actually had NFL people come and talk to him and say, hey, we'd really like you to be somebody that bids on an NFL team. So it sounds like he has support around the NFL. And that's going to be part of this. It might not be highest bid actually wins in some of this. Uh, when Carolina was bought, it actually wasn't highest bid. It was the guy that brought the most cash who could pay the most upfront ended up actually winning the bid instead of somebody having to take out a loan or something like that. Uh, so like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see how many people get in on this bid and, and just how this moves forward. I, I I'm very, very excited just to see this bidding process. Yeah. I think there's something with the trust though, where they have to go to the highest bid. It's not just the cash bid. It's not an NFL thing. Obviously they have to vote unanimously, uh, to approve whoever the owner is going to be. So like somebody from God knows where, like some, like, you know, 
tech bro or Bitcoin bro or whatever the heck they're calling themselves. These days. Maybe the NFL old heads would say, eh, maybe we're not going to let that do, uh, new money dude in. Um, just kind of like they let out. Uh, they didn't let a certain person buy the Buffalo Bills uh, 15 years ago <laughs> just because they didn't uh-huh. want to deal with him. Um, so they might vote somebody out um, in that case. And there'd be some vetting before that even would happen, I would I would assume. But I think with the Broncos specifically has to do with the trust where they have to take the highest bid no matter what as long as that person is voted voted through by the other owners unanimously. Well, I, I do wonder a little bit, and I want to get to Andrew Bar- Baker here saying, just showing love to my bros, Nick, Carl, Scott, hashtag MHH for life. Really appreciate that, Andrew. Always love seeing you here in that, that great jersey you're wearing there. But uh, I, I think you could probably go to the family, to the seven kids, and say, okay, hey, this this group is coming with $3 billion cash. Like the, the rest of it, you know, maybe they'd, they'd have to pay in a loan or it might take a little while before everything gets approved and goes through. This guy has $3 billion cash that he's bringing to the table right now. Would you rather have that or the $4 billion over time? And my guess is some of the kids might be like, no, I just want the cash now because they just want to be done with this and get out of this. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's just going to be a fascinating process to go through this because it's so different than any of the other processes that have gone through for, for the NFL mm-hmm. when it comes to ownership, I would say, at least from, from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, it'll be wild. Um, another, somebody from the Los Angeles times had another article t- uh, today about another person who was interested in buying the Broncos. Uh, I will get to it here in a second, but first let's get to the super chat here from John Houston here. Uh, $4.99. Thank you so much, John. Hope you're doing well. Uh, he says, hot take here. Everyone sit down. Uh, Judy is overrated. He doesn't seem like a team player, and he has butler fingers. Oh, man. those. Dr- I know he says butter down here, but I got to just give him a hard time. Um, <laughs> he will be gone in two years. He dropped so many key passes. Seems cocky. You know, I think maybe Judy is a, a tad bit overrated, but I am willing to see what it looks like next year with a scheme that hopefully does a better better job getting the first guy, the first read open, and also a, uh, coming off that high ankle sprain. We knew last year after that high ankle sprain that he wasn't going to be right the entire season after that. Um, it was going to take you know just staying off that ankle to let it heal. So we'll see what he looks like next year. Next year is definitely a do-or-die season for me, for Jerry Judy becoming an elite player. Um, he's another one, though. I mean, like, he doesn't really have an, a testable athletic freak skill, right? For the wide receiver position. Now you don't always need that, uh, but didn't have that uh, coming out of Alabama, good player, but no, not a giant, not a burner, not anything like that. That's a measurable uh, athleticism for me. So uh, we'll see how he does here. I'm just hoping that that high ankle sprain kind of held him back last year. And uh, we kind of saw him before that high ankle sprain. He was killing the giants before that game. He was on pace for like, 300 yards in that game or not that crazy, but a crazy game. So hope he's better. Um, and hope you're wrong, John, just for the best sake. Kind of like, I hope that, uh, when I said, I don't think Drew Locke's going to be a, become a top 10 quarterback. I was hoping I was wrong about that last year as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, and, and yes, Judy has to work on his hands. Yes. He does have some maybe diva things that are going on, but you know, some of the best receivers, Randy Moss was a diva. I still would rather, I'd still love to have him on my team. <laughs> he, he still is probably the most athletic player I've ever seen play in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, not the best wide receiver ever. I mean, that's Jerry Rice, but just the most athletic wide receiver. And 
you know, Terrell Owens, another diva, but still you'd like to have him on your team because the guy can play and Judy, he's got to prove that that diva is worth it. Like I said, hasn't proved it yet. Still has some issues that he's got to work through, but you get him a competent quarterback and I think he could easily be a 1200, 1300 yard wide, wide receiver, hundred catch kind of season, uh, especially with Sutton and Tim Patrick and F- Fant and the running game. And just, you know, th- there's a lot of pieces around there that can leave him with some very ideal situations to win. Yeah. And I think Judy's going to be fine. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a top five wide receiver in the NFL, but he's going to be good. And we have, I'm the man's coming in saying the footwork and the route running skills. Those aren't athletic measurable traits. You know, we're not talking the three cone. We're not talking the GPS data there. Um, he does, he has great skills. No doubt about that. And I think that's more important at the wider receiver position, but maybe he bumps his head as far as becoming an elite player. And I want to get the CC here. Cause I thought about this as well. Um, just this data. And I, thanks for the data shout out here. <laughs> nerds hashtag nerds unite. Uh, believe Judy was right up there for the best receiver in the NFL. When it came to average yards of separation per target, the key kicker here with this data set or this variable is per target. Um, that says to me that the quarterbacks, not only is Judy getting open, but the quarterbacks are not throwing him the ball unless he is obviously open and that opens up other questions how is jerry judy doing in the contested catch situations when it's crowded over the middle of the field stuff that we can't answer uh really based on last year's tape so judy's really good i think he's the most valuable player on this broncos roster and uh but that said you know if we have to give him up to bring in rogers slash Devontae adams then uh good luck in green bay judy i hope you uh, hope you like the cold <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i can't see him being very uh, excited about the, the move to Green Bay. I mean, obviously playing down in Alabama, he enjoys the warm weather. And uh, Denver, it's not too bad, but it's still colder than what I'm, I'm sure he's used to. So uh, he better be hoping that he's not part of that trade. <laughs> yeah, and the big thing with Judy, just a little tangent here real quick. Nathaniel Hackett, everyone's excited. The wide zone scheme coming back to Denver, West Coast offense, Kubiak disciple, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's one thing you wide receivers have to do if they're going to see the field in this scheme. Block. Judy is going to, especially the slot wide receiver, because you are going to be, you you are so important for the blocking scheme. I remember last year, people were like, oh, they're going to move Cooper Cup to the outside. And, uh, oh God, who is the tiny wide receivers the Rams drafted in the second round last year? Looks like a total bust. Doesn't even matter because he's a second round pick, I guess, that on a team that's loaded, but they took him from Louis, uh, Louisville, tiny guy. Can't remember his name. He's like, oh, he's going to play the slot. He can't play the slot for bleep because he can't block. And in the McVay uh, offense, in this wide, uh, West Coast scheme, that slot receiver has to work as a blocker to get on the field. It's 2-2 Atwell. Thank you very much, CC. 140 pounds. And um, Jerry Judy, he's never really been much of a blocker, so I'm eager to see what it looks like uh, because he's going to be in a put a situation where it's going to be a safety or a linebacker versus Judy, and he's going to have to hold up. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know. That kind of, kind of concerns me a bit. <laughs> He's a little bit finesse, but uh, Jeff coming in other than the AFC West, what teams are we playing next season? Uh, well, the Broncos will be paying, playing the, uh, gosh, I don't know. Let me pull up the schedule in front of me. Carl, uh, do a dance or something while I pull this up. Okay. We'll get to another question here. Dennis Woods coming in with the super chat saying, so what is your ideal scenario at quarterback over the next one to three years? I want to see what Judy can do with a quarterback who can get him the ball in space. Rodgers, Wilson, whichever one gets traded first. Yep. That, that's what I want. <laughs> uh, both of them are top 10 quarterbacks. Both of them can take advantage of the weapons that the Broncos have. Both of them make the Broncos Super Bowl contenders day one. 
and I'm willing to pay quite a pretty penny to bring them in. And I know a lot of people are going to be, you know, that draft allocation. How could you do that? As much as we love the draft, draft picks are so overrated. <laughs> like they're, they're needed. Don't get me wrong. And they're important. But sometimes people are just wanting to hold on to those first round picks with everything they've got in, in the hopes that that player will turn into a star. Well, Rodgers and Wilson are already stars. <laughs> you don't have to wonder, is that going to be a star player? And uh, so, yeah, that, that would be my ideal scenario right off the bat. Um, plan B gets really murky after that. Yeah, gosh, and I think with Kevin O'Connell, uh, Kirk Cousins is probably off the table. They have a relationship going back to Washington football days when Kirk was starting there, and uh, it sounds like O'Connell's pretty excited to work with Kirk Cousins, who he believes is a top-10 quarterback. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Um, Other than the AFC West, which team the Broncos playing next season, they are playing the AFC South, which compromises the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans. They are also playing the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, so that'll be fun no matter what happens with Von Miller. I guess if he signs not on Denver with the Rams, it won't be as fun. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks, hopefully I'll get tickets to that game because it's going to be in Seattle. <laughs> and they're uh, matchup teams this year. Um, so the Broncos finishing in last place in the AFC West means that they're going to get the Jets, the Panthers, and the uh, – oh, gosh, there's another NFC team as well that was – terrible this season that they will be up matched up against as well um who is escaping me right now but uh well, oh it's gotta be the panthers so the jets uh then the panthers as well nfc south and also the the ravens so good should be a fun schedule should be again one of the easier schedules in the nfl next season because the broncos did finish last uh what makes it tough is that the nfc west and the afc west are by far the best divisions in football i wish by heaven and earth that we are playing the NFC South because sorry, Scott, that division looks horrible next season. Uh, I don't even know. I have no idea who's going to win that division. The Kyle Trask, Trask led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's, I don't know. Maybe it'll be the Falcons. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't, the NFC South is so bad. Um, yeah. Cody W coming in. Imagine a good quarterback with Hamler. I want to imagine Hamler getting hundred percent healthy first uh, before we mm-hmm. were imagining any quarterback there, but it would be great. Uh, Hamler has been a, Great pick. Uh, well, I guess he hasn't been a great pick. I think it was a good process to take him in that class. I wish and Broncos would have lost that Raiders game and whatever, and they could have gotten Tristan Wirfs and then KJ Hamler. But uh, yeah, it's what it is. Hopefully Hamler can get healthy and we can see him out there because the Broncos offense really fell apart, almost lined up directly with when Hamler got injured. I don't know. That's probably causation is not equal correlation, but uh, the first three games, hey, killing it. Broncos top 10 EPA per pass. It's awesome. Hamler gets hurt. <laughs> Poof. We'll see. Yep. Um, Rodney Garcia coming back in. Let's keep that streak against the Panthers rolling. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be great to see. Also, Andrew Baker coming back in saying, I've heard Hackett loves the run game and might be planning around Williams unless a blockbuster quarterback move. So he might look like the Titans this year. I am curious to see what Williams looks like in the zone stretch game. I do not think it is a perfect scheme fit for his deficiencies as I see them with patience and vision. I think he is a, here's your gap. We're going to power block it and put your head down. And if you get to the second level, good luck. But as far as the patience and waiting for that backside cut lane, getting upfield, I just, that's something that he struggled with. I mean, he was one of the most stuffed running backs in football last season in a scheme that used inside zone and gap. And now you're creating bigger scenes of the outside zone. I want to see what it looks like. I, 
it'll be it'll be fine. I'm sure they'll work him in. I mean, they worked AJ Dillon, who's not an ideal fit for the outside zone in Green Bay last year. Granted, they had Aaron Rodgers, so they're going against lighter boxes. I digress, but still, um, want to see what it looks like with Williams because I do not think he is a perfect scheme fit for the outside zone. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking about the. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry, it, it's my my thing's cutting in and out a little bit. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, I was thinking about the players that were hurt most by Hackett coming in, and Williams actually came to mind for me. You know, just like I said, that vision part of it that that's part of the zone, that wide zone scheme. You have to have great vision. You think about Terrell Davis; he was not the most athletic guy, but I think he had some of the best vision I've ever seen of a running back. Like he just knew where the hole was going to open up. And that, that one cut and go, boom, he's ready to go. And, and Williams, I mean, he'll still get his yards. Don't, don't worry about that. Uh, you know, his ability to break tackles and make something out of nothing. He'll, he'll still do pretty good. And a lot of people will be like, Oh, look how great he is. But like I said, if he wants to maximize his ability, the vision has to take that next step for him. And I'm, I'm not saying that he's a lost cause. It's just usually running backs. It's either you have it or you don't, you know, yeah. you can learn some, but it's usually got to be there. And, and so I do worry about that, but we got Rodney coming in again. Thank you, Rodney. I want to see Josie jewel hit Derrick Henry for a tackle for loss. Like in week one of 2020, do you guys remember that play? Oh yes. Very much. So I, I've, I've had that one on repeat many different times and I really hope they bring back Josie jewel. I, I think he is a great veteran. He's not going to cost a whole lot. And you know, he's not the greatest player by any means, but sometimes mm-hmm. you need those guys that are just smart, hardworking, great in the locker room and and make plays on the field like that one where you can just trust that they're going to do their job well. Yep, absolutely. Nathan coming in here uh, with the with the spice. I love it, Nathan. Uh, hoping the Broncos score a special teams touchdown and a win next time they play Las Vegas. And yep. Uh, Everybody's favorite, Tom McMahon, now the special teams coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. I always like it when you see these coaches switch situations because if they find success, then maybe there's something else in-house that was the uh, the poison in the well uh, compared to that actual coach being the issue. So we'll see what happens um, with him there. I think that Raiders team, with how badly they've drafted over the last three, four years, um, their special teams on paper should not have very good depth. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, you know, got good luck to you, Tom McMahon, because even though you were not a great coach, all, all indication is he was a good dude. Um, so I'm not cheering against him in that sense, because, you know, want, I want good people to succeed, but I'm happy the Tom McMara era is over in Denver at the same time. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- there's enough special teams guys that have left the Broncos that have talked about how he was not good. Yeah. Uh, I think about the only person that talks well about him is uh, Pat McAfee. Yep. That's the only guy that's like still championing for that guy. Um, So I, I definitely was excited when I saw that hire for the Raiders. I I was getting a little nervous, like Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels. He's still an offensive. I mean, he's smart when it comes to offensive play calling. Maybe he's better at, being a people person. We'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, you know, that, that was, it wasn't that he struggled with being smart and X's and O's when he came to the Broncos. It was just his ability to work with people. That's what destroyed his career and the mm-hmm. cheating. I mean, we, we can't forget about that part either, but, uh, and so maybe he's grown in that area. So it makes me a little bit nervous of what he's going to be, but when they hired Tom, Tom McMahon, I just, I had to smile. 
Because I was like, yeah. there we go. Maybe the Broncos can sneak one just like you said, from special teams touchdown, that would be poetic in nature right there. But uh, all right, Monica coming in here with the $5 super chat. Really appreciate that, Monica. Nobody like Matt Ryan with our wideouts and running backs and free agencies, pickups, uh, some solid defenders. I would be interested in Matt Ryan, but his contract makes it pretty hard to obtain him uh, unless you're waiting for June 1st. And uh, I'm not sure the Falcons are in a financial situation to move on from him unless you're willing to eat a lot of that cap. Uh, it seems like it's just the best for the Falcons to ride it out another year or two with Ryan. Um, probably one more year with Ryan, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think you would, he'd be a step up from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke this last year. Um, I would be interested if it didn't cost very much because cap wise, it's probably going to cost a lot, but I just can't see it being a situation where it's worth it for either team to either the Broncos to give up the price or the Falcons to accept the price where they would come to a deal. Right. And and I'd say also part of it is their head coach went there uh, with the plan of working with Matt Ryan. You know, it's kind of like now with Kirk cousins working with O'Connell, like, Part of why you like that job is because they have a quarterback that is a very good quarterback. Now, obviously, he needs some pieces around him, especially offensive line, to to really play at his highest level. But, um, but yeah, I, I just i I would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. Of all the options that have, people have thrown out there, I think Matt Ryan is probably the least likely. Um, but all right, Paul, our friend Paul, thank you, Paul. You are the best. And uh, coming in here with a $20 super chat. Always love that orange. Heard rumors. Nick, Carl, Scott are putting ownership bid in love the new energy inside Dove Valley. <laughs> we are headed in the right jack direction. Hashtag happy birthday, Nick. Thank you, Paul. And we weren't trying to make this public, Paul. We're trying to keep this on the down low. No. Uh, if only we had that kind of walking around cash to go bid on the Broncos, we would definitely be all for that. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I, I probably can't convince my wife that we need to take out a $4 billion loan. You don't just have that laying around the house? No? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm my my great salary that I make, you know, no. Um, it, it would be kind of neat. I, I wish we could do the whole like fan put in money to bid on the team kind of thing that that would be one of the bidding wars, but it sounds like the NFL has pretty much kind of put the kibosh on that saying that's never happening again. Yeah. Green Bay was kind of grandfathered in with yep. their situation yep. and they won't let it happen again. So they'd rather have the one person they can deal with that can make the decisions. Otherwise it can be a glaciated pace um, to make some changes and decisions there. So makes sense. Um, sorry to say Paul, but I'm and all you guys, if, if I'm going to become the owner of the team, don't get attached to any first round pick at rookie because I'm drafting another one the next year and the year after that until you have somebody who's at least Justin Herbert level um, back there playing quarterback. So uh, again, don't get attached because think about it like college football, you know, like, Oh, you have CJ Stroud for two years. That's great. There's a five-star right behind him coming into play. So giddy up. <laughs> oh man, that would be, that'd be fun to watch, but uh, no, thank you, Paul. Always good to see you in here, buddy. And, uh, and always good for the laughs. Yeah. Paul's a great guy. Uh, appreciate it so much. Back to the, the main topic here, Kyler Murray, Carl, would you be willing to trade for Carl, Kyler Murray? A, uh, I guess the first question, yes, yes or no, Kyler Murray, are you in or out if he's available? Yes. Yes. Okay. And yeah. the next question is it's me too. Um, 24 years old. He's, I think he's less than a year older than Kenny Pickett, which is insanity. But again, I digress. Um, so 
<laughs> God. Uh, and so he's former first round pick. He's played at an MVP level early in the season. Injuries have kind of taken him back a little bit. Each of the last two seasons, he's fallen back a bit. Um, so th- that's what we're working with here. He's also due f- for a possible extension. Um, he doesn't have to get one, but uh, he could get one now that he's three years removed from the draft. I believe that's the rule. So scrubbing yep. to social media, what does it mean? His agent said no comment to that as well. I personally think it's a PR stunt. We're going to see like some commercial in the Super Bowl or something involving Kyler Murray in the social media. Or, yeah, I scrubbed it because I want Tide to go. You know, I cleaned my profile like I cleaned my clothes. Tide, like Kyler Murray. <laughs> so stupid. Um, But if he is available, yes, you're willing to, willing to get him. What... What's the cost? What are you willing to give up for somebody like Kyler Murray to come in here? Well, I think you, you got to start at at least three first round picks. Yeah. You know, that, that's for a guy of his age and his caliber of what he brings to the table. It's going to start at three first round picks. Like the, the weird thing is, let's say Rogers, Wilson and Kyler Murray were available. I would say Kyler Murray is the the third best player among that group just because he's got a lot more to prove. He's still got more room to grow. Um, but he'd probably be the most expensive of the group just because of his age. Mm-hmm. He's got so many more years that he's he could be in the NFL. Um, now, given his playing style and his size, makes you a little bit nervous. But, hey, Wilson is kind of not much bigger than him. So, um, But it'd be at least three first-round picks, probably a couple second-round picks, and probably a player or two. That's where I would start. I'd say, hey, this is what I'm willing to give up for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's he's not elite, um, but he is bumping his head on being a elite quarterback. And he, again, still 24 years old, which is insane. Um, athleticism, dyn- dynamism, not the word dynamism, uh, an electric arm, easy, easy cheese, easy velocity. Um, the question is the personality i guess um right there's been some ups and downs from him i remember the leading up to the draft there was like the interviews where it's like oh man what's he doing is he even involved uh so that's the thing where you probably want your quarterback to be the dude and that's you know i'm psychoanalyzing somebody i don't know but it's still one of those questions that guys in the league they know right like they know um so that's one thing to mike uh to analyze the other one is his fit in the west coast offense the that uh, Hackett wants to run, you're going to see a lot of, ideally, uh, not ideally, but what Hackett would like to do based on my understanding of the West Coast offense and all the iterations that are taking to spread across the NFL right now, you're going to see a lot of middle-of-the-field passing concepts. Kyler Murray, not really passing it over the middle of the field. Not so much, especially not from under center. Um, so, you do see it tend to be, especially when they see the cover two, but the heat maps are not as good. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but he's much better at those back, uh, back left and back right corners. So we'll be interesting to see how that fits. Um, also, the other thing is the under center uh, offense versus Kyler Murray, right? The depth of under center. Can he see over the line consistently to make those reads <laughs> from under center in comparison to the shotgun offense? Again, it's height is overrated mm. to an extent, but there are questions about that. You see what with Russell Wilson's heat map as well, not hitting the middle of the field uh, numbers drop a bit when he's under center in comparison to shotgun. So uh, just, just some questions um, either way, three first round picks, a second round pick giddy up. Let's go get him. Um, let's roll the dice with a young quarterback with incredible quickness, athleticism and arm talent. But uh, there are questions. Oh yeah. And I mean, there's questions with Rogers. How many years is he going to play? You know, he's already threatened to retire a couple different times. 
Um, He's media wise kind of out there on some different things, you know, not the greatest personality. There's a lot of questions there. Russell Wilson, it's the same thing. Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. That, that commercial or video that he made of being unlimited. Did you watch that? Oh my gosh. That unlimited yeah like the weird cringy like hey seattle uh-huh. i'm in bed with sierra new contract seattle Lou. yeah he's he's a weirdo uh but all these quarterbacks are kind of weirdos right i mean i can't think of any of them that are not saying some kooky weirdo bs you know uh cryptocurrency kind of stuff right now you know <laughs> how many quarterbacks with the nft pictures i don't care but whatever God, <laughs> whatever makes you happy i guess um, but Kyler yeah. Murray, okay, we're both in agreement that if he is available, you got to make the call. Um, you got to be aggressive to go get him. You are, man, would the NFC then have any good young quarterbacks that we're excited about in the future? <laughs> I, I'd have a hard time naming them. Um, you total waiting to see what happens with uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. But uh, other than that, I can't think of a single good ascending young quarterback in the NFC outside of Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, he's got Mike Kafka and Brian Dabble now. So let's see what happens in the, the giants. But I talk about a quarterback who God, that's, that's best case. Kenny Pickett right there in my opinion, but we'll see what happens with Daniel Jones. I think if Daniel Jones was available for cheap, I would not have an issue giving up a, you know, one of those round three picks to bring him in and compete. Cause I think there's still enough tools there um, to at least be interested. In. And I think there's been some good, uh, good peaks from him. He's, He's white Jameis Winston. I mean, let's just call it as it is, but uh, with the <laughs> turnover plays um, out there, but I think he's talented. And if you can get him for one year for cheap, maybe you hit something there, but I would not love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. So uh, yeah, let's uh, but, Carl. Before no, you're right. There's of, oh. go ahead. I think there's a little bit of lag uh, between us today. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, my bad. Uh, so I, I was just gonna say, you're right. There, there's not a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFC and the, Hopefully they're the teams that get desperate for this draft and make a lot of weird picks and uh, Detroit, Carolina, you know, ahead of the Broncos there. Maybe they can do something crazy and push some great talent to the Broncos. If they have pick nine, hopefully they don't have pick nine. I mean, that, that, that is, again, that's plan a trade that pick, get a star player in here and, and compete for the next four or five years. But, uh, but it, it just, I don't know. It's just so hard right now, unless you, land plan a to feel good about what the Broncos are doing moving forward until 2023. But uh, Todd, thank you for, for the, the high Hi, Todd. Hello to you, Todd. Good to see you. Um, yeah. And before we get on out of here, Carl, um, we, since we hadn't talked in a week on here and I've had a, plenty of chance to talk about it. Do you have any grand sweeping takeaways from the senior bowl? Uh, anything, obviously you watch a lot of the practice reps, you watch the game, uh, anybody that stuck out to you, or do you have any takes on the the quarterback crop that isn't uh, these guys are emphatically not it? Maybe Malik Willis hits, but uh, he is a boomer bust as it gets. Well, and that's I had somebody ask me how much because I, I think I had Willis like fifth on my quarterback rankings just because he is so up and down and just has so far to go. I, I the senior bowl didn't change anything for me like mm. Yes, he was the best quarterback down there from what I understand and from watching a lot of the highlights and watching Scott's videos, you know, that there were some really nice throws. But it, it still didn't answer my questions of his ability to get through reads and, you know, be able to be accurate when when he actually can't have his first read. 
th those kind of things are still there. And so it just doesn't really change things for me. And it just reminds me of how much I really don't want to see the Broncos take a quarterback in this draft, at least not before pick 25. And even there, I'd still be a little frustrated at that unless the Broncos got a first round pick to trade back to that kind of point. And then yep. 2023, you can still come back at it kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, none of the guys just really stuck out. Nobody really separated themselves. Uh, nobody answered more questions about some of the red flags or anything like that. And so uh, it just secures for me again. If it's not plan A, then it's building for 2023. Like that, that that's really my plan B. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, following the draft. And I had my opinions going out, but, you know, just taking the temperature on what everybody's saying, uh, the quarterback consensus, the consensus is there is no consensus, right? Like everybody, like I've seen people say, oh man, Desmond Ritter, best quarterback down there. What? I've seen people, Malik Willis had a horrible day. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, what? The best quarterback down there, Sam Howell. Sam Howell was borderline not startable. I mean, these are all, these are people like, Ben Fennel, Dane Brugler, Lance Zerline, uh, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay. I mean, say what you will about those guys, but they have some skins on the wall, so to speak, when it comes to uh, draft analysis and connections in the league. So, uh, again, the consensus is there is none. So I'm still here. I come out of this emboldened with my take that, and I know some people would really not like it. You know, the Broncos have not made a premium investment in the quarterback position. Just because you have, you know, six duds in the parking lot doesn't mean you should buy the most expensive one because it's going to be the best one if they're duds they're duds you know take take the least the one that's going to cost you the least and move on your way and hopefully it can get to get you to your next point where you can actually buy another car um but uh, that's where i'm at in this quarterback group the only one i will say and eric will disagree with me on this one i guess based on what he said but i am comfortable taking carson strong putting him six not in the same tier as the rest of these guys knee concerns Arm didn't popped. Oh, he moved fine in the pocket. Mobility is not maneuverability. He looks a little bit slow and stagnant for me. Um, somebody's like showing him on a bootleg. I'm like waiting for him to like, I can just see an NFL level edge talent hunting him down like nothing. Cause he's getting no ground as he's running that boot. So not as much in Carson strong. He needed to have an incredible arm to stand out for me with his lack of mobility. But uh, other than that, draw a name from a hat because that's essentially what you're going to get from the NFL signal callers or the NFL decision makers this year. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got Travis coming in saying, great show, Nick, Carl. The only dark horse quarterback I would possibly consider is the quarterback from Nevada, but that is a big if. It's yeah. I it's everybody has a little different flavor. And, you know, I've heard you say on this the show many times of like a um, Willis. He's cool that you really look for and the quarterbacks that have really hit lately. But it's also a big, big swing. You're swinging for a home run or you're striking out. There's not much in between. You're not getting like a guy that can maybe be 15 to 20 as a starter, you know, in their rankings. You're getting a guy that's either going to be a top 10 guy or he's going to be out of the league by the end of his first year or not first year, first contract. Ooh, that's, that's a quick give up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm. With Willis, at least, though, you have the traits that are going to translate no matter what. Like, you could easily, I think, with his athleticism, couple together a Colin Kaepernick underneath uh, for the 49ers kind of offense where, like, yes, the arm talent's there. The processing is not always great. The accuracy is not great. But, like, he can cover ground like nobody's business. Um, and, and he has a whip. And that paired with a good defense, even if the quarterbacking skills are up and down, uh, 
can win you games in this league. So I think that those traits can translate. You, you bet on the traits and you trust your coaches to fix them. And if not, you're back at the wall. I, I fully believe that drafting a quarterback in the first round, it's a home run derby. If it's just at the fence, it's not over the fence. You know, it's not a home run. Doesn't count. You're out. So uh, swing for the fences. Yep. All right. We got Corey H coming in here with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Corey. I would make a low ball offer on cousins. He has never won anything of any importance. Go low. They might bite worth a shot. Hmm. Again, especially when you get to the playoffs, it gets much the, the whole quarterbacks of, of how much they win. Um, Aaron Rodgers, if you look at his stats and what he's done in the playoffs has better stats than what Tom Brady does on a per game basis. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's usually had a top 10 defense to help really make his job much easier. I'm not trying to say that Tom Brady isn't clutch and doesn't make plays in the playoffs or anything like that, but it still shows you still have to have a team around you to, to really make a difference. I, I still would say if I was really looking at just the quarterback, I would say Peyton Manning is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is at a better situation and is just, I mean, he's made the plays when he needed to, but I'd still say Peyton Manning is better. Um, but Tom Brady will still go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. Over years, consistent, how he, the long he did it. Um, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback uh, on the field. Hasn't had a good run defense last year. I think the Vikings were 32nd in rush EPA this year and last year, or maybe 29th this year and 32nd last year. Really bad. Offensive line has been bad too. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going anywhere. I know he would cost cost 35 million against the cap, uh, but he's going to be 34 years old. He's going to need a new contract. And I really do think that because it's a connections league, Kevin O'Connell's work in the past with Kirk Cousins is a big factor there. So uh, I don't think it's going to happen on that front, but you never know. Um, Things can change. And I also want to get to this comment from uh, real cool. Todd, I love you, Todd. Um, But this one, I got to get you in here. Wait a second. Is it? This one, he talked about the, here it is. Um, I understand that Willis did not have a great team around him, but Carson Wentz didn't either, and he was still able to raise the level of his play on this team. Carson Wentz played for North Dakota State, who won I'm, 10 billion uh, Division II championships in a row. Somebody got to fact check me on the number there. Um, but that would be essentially Alabama playing the Pac-12 uh, every year. Sorry, Pac-12 fans in here, but like, my God, like just different body. Like they, they whipped the absolute heck out of those teams they're the alabama of that level of football so um he did have some talent around him it was not uh it was a lot of the power run game is working it's second and short pretty consistently i have a lot of options available to me um but carson went to arm talent i think it's the more i think the situation that makes more sense is Josh Allen's senior season after he lost all those NFL pass catchers. Yes, he still played lower level of competition, but he was throwing to guys who could not handle the heat, guys who were not getting open, guys who were not really doing great with the run scheme, just to not have NFL caliber players around him. And it sh- it showed on tape. Um, so if you once you get Malik Willis, some NFL caliber pass catchers on the outside, it might look different. Doesn't no guarantee for sure, but uh, that's yep. what it reminds me of more than uh, Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. Yeah, I'm with you there. And like I said, I, I like Willis. If the Broncos drafted him, I mean, it'd probably give me the most hope of yeah. any of the quarterbacks that he could, like you said, become that home run. It's just that that bus potential. All of them have that bus potential that just makes me say, just stay away. Like, please make this option D, E, F, or whatever. Please don't make this even close to the top. And especially after they passed last year 
on Justin Fields and Mac Jones when both those guys would probably be the top quarterback in this draft. Justin Fields for sure. Mac Jones, I probably good chance he'd be the number one quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Jay Roper, how did Willis's arm get the best of all time at the senior bowl when Josh Allen was there? Maybe Josh Allen wasn't trying to grip it and rip it. Um, some of it is the scheme as well. Detroit was allowing those quarterbacks to throw it down the field where the jets were running a much more Shanahan esque white West coast scheme, which was operating the quick pass game more, which is one reason I'm thinking Kenny Pickett is somebody that Broncos might like, even though I don't like it at all um, for nine overall. If Kenny Pickett's there at 32. God. Yeah, sure. Take away. Um, but nine, ugh, uh, but we'll see. Also, I am curious about that zebra technologies data from a, year to year perspective because some of it might depend on a it's a really small sample size and b like the weather conditions will matter as well like i noticed that by years the data tended to be clustered so i'm curious how replicable it is across year to year i think it's good to compare for that single season up and down but i don't know how good comparing 2021 to 2018 do you like that hand motion i'm like that guy in the uh the commercial natalie always laughs my wife um a lot of these are compact spots when you know, you're becoming your parents in the, the parking lot. Um, but uh, I don't, it's not better than Josh Allen. Josh Allen is also a tight end playing the quarterback position where Willis is a little smaller, but Willis has a dominant arm. It's uh, no doubt about it. As far as velocity, he can whip it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was at that senior bowl with Josh Allen, and I can tell you media were moving because they were so afraid of being hit by one of his fastballs if a wide receiver missed it or if he was off target. Like it was, it got that scary where you just, you thought I'm going to the hospital if I get hit by this. And so Willis has a great arm too. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but for my money, Josh Allen has maybe the best fastball in football. Hmm. He might, I'm really excited. I hope that uh, GPS data becomes more the norm in the NFL going forward. And we have access to it. I'm probably most interested uh, in the, spatial data uh just seeing how like especially for defensive players like how close they are how quickly they close on the ball uh, how much space they give up to wide receivers on like specific types of routes like that is the the mecca of the data which these teams have and it's not available to public access which drives me nuts um but uh maybe one day we'll see um but guys we got to start getting on out of here we love you carl restart your modem what's going on here no well <laughs> anything planned the rest of your day carl what's going on uh, no, just go home, get the kids in bed, and uh, get ready for another day of, of beautiful life. Beautiful life, indeed. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight.H, uh, you can find Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining our groups there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you are on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, and share to the show. And also, people been asking for it all week. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star rating and a review, whether it's something you like on here, a joke that made you laugh, or a talking point you want to get more on. We'd love to talk to you more about that. So uh, please go over there and do that. And also, I will get, see you guys over on Scott's channel tomorrow to talk a little bit of the uh, the draft and maybe some more Senior Bowl stuff as well now that Scott is finally uh, finally can sleep because he's got that uh, video uploaded on his channel. So, all right. Well, <laughs> we're going to get on out of here. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Uh, choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. <laughs>